Welcome back to the Orange Boy Inquiry. This episode, it was brought to you by Sam's Cheese Crunch Flavored Snack Sticks. Sam's is releasing their brand new flavor of snack sticks, the Flippin' Spicy Sticks. Now because uh, today's topic might incite some hot takes, uh, which we're known for on the Orange Boy Inquiry, I've asked Sam's to send me this new flavor to try out. Ooh. All right. Uh, yeah. And for those of you, those of you who know me, know that I can only handle a very, very low amount. I, I don't have a tolerance for spice. Ooh, smelling these. <coughs> Sam's really made some spicy sticks. Um, so I'm gonna try eating some of these, and then I've asked Niall and Lucas to come up with some hot questions, and I'll give you some hot takes while I'm eating some hot sticks. All right, and I'm going to. Uh, wash it down with the spiciest drink I could find, uh, Sprite. <laughs> that is spicy. That is okay. spicy. All right, I'm going to start eating some of these, these sticks. Um, oh, yeah. No Country for Old Men has the best original score. You cannot name a better score. Uh, Jared Leto uh, is the best and version the of the Joker that has ever been done. That's true. He's damaged, and I love him. Alvin and the Chipmunks, the road chip, should have grossed higher than The Force Awakens. It's an underrated sequel. Star Wars so Episode hot. Nine: The Rise of Skywalker is the best inclusion in the non-nilogy. <laughs> I agree. Ong <laughs> is better than Ang. It just makes more sense. <laughs> James Bond is better than whoever Tom Cruise plays in Mission Impossible. It's Ethan Hunt, and yes, he's much better. But I like Jason Bourne the best. <laughs> Jack, the new and, one. Jack and Jill was the most meticulous and thought-out Adam Sandler movie. Adam Sandler's a gem, and I think all of his works are art, pieces of art. The Hobbit all trilogy right. should have won Best Picture back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. I can't. Enough. Enough. That's too many hot takes. Is your mouth Thank just you, on fire right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm crying a little bit. I don't do well with spicy. <laughs> I'm Those sweaty and this is, crying. This is the worst Hot Ones interview ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just 14 seconds of eating spicy chips. Guys, <laughs> uh, uh, they're Sam's Cheese Crunch flavored snack sticks, uh, and this is the flippin' spicy flavor. So go grab yourself a bag and let's get into the episode. And welcome back <laughs> to the Orange Boy Inquiry. Man, I am sweating, but thank you for sticking with us. Um, today, we are talking about Niall's favorite director. Um, <laughs> okay, maybe not, but he is one of the most Our well known. Director. And <laughs> is, Our director he's, that he's, Niall has seen. Niall has seen. Um, he has directed some of. I don't know, some very cult classics, some that have gone down in history as some of like the most like culturally significant movies ever made. Absolutely. Um, and his name is Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Um, he's made movies like Pulp Fiction, uh, Django Unchained, 
Inglorious Bastards, his new ones, The Hateful Eight, and the other Once one, Upon a Time in Hollywood. Time in Hollywood. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. These are just to name a few. We're, we're... Guys, it's in the back of my throat now. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually eating <clears throat> a, a flippin' hot cheese oh. stick product that will go unnamed. And that will go unnamed. <laughs> and I'm washing it down with Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> Which we are sponsored. Sprite's fine to say. Yeah, um, uh, ju- yeah I'm taking so off the glasses. With uh, Quentin Tarantino, he has made nine, technically ten movies, because he counts Kill Bill Volume One and Two as one movie because he made it as one, and then they made him split it up because it was four hours long. But those movies are in order: Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill One and Two, Death Proof, Inglorious Bastards. Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So and in case you, you were heard, wondering... If you haven't heard of Death Proof, it's because no one has. Very true. It is definitely <laughs> his least known and least good. But it was still pretty good. Um, but yeah, he has claimed that he's only going to make ten movies, but I doubt that will be the case. He said that like in the 90s when he was very new to making movies. He was like, yeah, I'm only ever going to make ten and that would just mean one more, but it's extremely unlikely that that will end up being the case. I only want to make money ten times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they are pretty successful movies, right? Yeah. Like, it's They're... it's possible he could just make ten and then retire. Yeah. I mean, he probably could retire right now. What's his net worth? Google. <laughs> but, I mean, as far as long as you're making successful movies and you're having a good time doing it, why stop? So I guess we'll Fair. see in the... In the, ne- in the coming years, what happens with him. But going off of the movies we have seen, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what, you know, what our favorites are, what we love about him. Um, and then we got, in, got some more creative questions this time. Uh, so we're actually going to start with a fan question uh, that is just, what's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Lucas, did we get a net worth? Yeah, $120 million. So he could definitely already retire. I think that's seed. Yeah, Not that's, a that's lot. Some seed he money. could also definitely make a whole lot more money. So. True. <laughs> yeah. Very true. So, um, yeah. What's your favorite? What's your guys' favorite Quentin Tarantino movie that he's directed? Um. So to to clarify before I answer this question, I have seen three written Directino movies. And um, they are Pulp Fiction, um, Kill Bill Volume One, and okay. Inglorious Bastards. And um, okay. I I hated Kill Bill. I just hated it. Um, <laughs> oh, you want some of these these hot, hot sticks for your hot Listen, take? I'm gonna need a lot of those hot sticks today. Because as a person who loves movies, I actually really don't like Quentin Tarantino at all. So um, I also watched Inglorious Bastards, which I also did not like, um, and and uh, have now seen Pulp Fiction, and was underwhelmed. I just felt like um, I felt like half of it was like the half of it with the Bruce Willis stuff which is, like, a large amount of the movie, is just it's entirely like unnecessary. Um, it does nothing at all for the movie. 
Um, yeah, I, I actually agree. Of on the that. three that I have I love seen, the beginning and the end. <laughs> yeah, of the three that I have seen, I definitely liked uh, Pulp Fiction the most. Um, but it's also been a long time since I've seen Inglorious. I know that I hate Kill Bill. Um, but one of the reasons that I well, haven't maybe watched you didn't more see the end. Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, maybe that's fair. But one of the reasons that I haven't seen more Quentin Tarantino movies is because I just don't like the ones that I have seen. Um, well, but, hopefully uh, mine and Lucas's favorites will, will give you some recommendations yeah. on what but to I, watch. I think that Inglorious... Inglorious probably would be my favorite if I were to watch it again and remind myself how it goes, but for now I have to say Pulp Fiction. And it's because it's my, right. my most favorite of the three that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. I don't Niall. know why we let Niall start. <laughs> yeah, whatever. At least. <laughs> He's dishing out the hot, the hot yeah, takes. Yeah, I... <laughs> well, we'll start low and then build up from Sorry, there. Sorry, yeah, Quentin there you go. Tarantino fans. You know, okay. Yeah, good call. There is a lot to be said about Quentin Tarantino. That guy is just an enigma. He is obsessed with feet. And if you did not know that before, going forward, every time you watch a Quentin Tarantino movie, you will notice how much bare feet there are in the movie. And it's kind of weird because he has just this <laughs> insane foot fetish and he puts it oh, in all no. of his stuff. And so next time you're watching a Quentin Tarantino movie, keep an eye out for bare feet and just weird, gnarly, reesty feet in just weird <laughs> positions doing things. Like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Brad Pitt character picks up this girl from the side of the road and she just puts her bare feet up on the dashboard and there's a shot where it's just her feet and the road ahead. And it's like, why did you do that, Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> why is there so much feet? <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll add, <laughs> he's a weird guy, his movies are weird, um, I, he's not my favorite director by any means, but I do think, I chose this topic because I do think he's a substantial part of the film industry, yeah. and I think it's worth our time to recognize, like, what work he has done, um, and just kind of talk about his place in, uh, cinema, yeah, as it well, stands. What I was going to say beyond that is like he's obsessed with feet and he's really weird and doesn't really know how to be like a normal functioning person with like communication skills. <laughs> but despite all of his weirdness, I still like his movies. Like all of his movies that I've seen, I have come out enjoying. And so even knowing that he's obsessed with feet and whatever other junk that he has done or is doing... I still will watch one of his movies and more than more often than not come out of it enjoying the the experience. And so I don't know, well, sometimes you just gotta be able this, to this separate might be the, the the episode we say feet the most in Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean when else would we I'm nervous about it, but I think that Yeah, I'm true. not a fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I hope it's true. I hope we don't say yeah, feet more I, I guess in an that's episode. True. I don't know why we would ever I don't even know that we've said feet a single other well, time. Feet was actually gonna be my topic for next week. Oh no. Favorite so. feet in film. The FFF. <laughs> Anyway, Lucas, what's your favorite? Um, I, I would say my favorite of his actually is um, one that is the least, like, like his vibe, I guess. 
Um, he has a very specific aesthetic and vibe and zooms and cuts that he does. I think I, I like that a lot in what he does, but I think this one has probably the least of that, and that is the one that Niall didn't like, which is uh, Inglorious Bastards. I um, really like just about everything about that movie. I thought the performances were awesome. I love Brad Pitt. I love Christoph Waltz's Nazi character. I love the way that it takes a historically like real event and then changes it so that it has a better ending, even though it's still super violent and you know messy and everything. He is like he's not a pro-Nazi by any standard, and so it's like, hey, here's what would have been cool if this would have happened. Um, so I like that about that movie a lot. The it's very well shot. It's just a very good and cool movie i think yeah when i think of inglorious bastards i think of a lot of the moments of it right there's like i i don't want to talk too much about it because we might get into scenes later um but like holding up three instead of two like three this way and nobody can see but in the scene uh one of the characters holds up the american three instead of the german three Mm -hmm. and it's like this really tense scene uh, and I think of that moment, and then I think of like the Christoph Waltz looking for that family at the beginning. Yeah, the very scene. beginning, super good. That moment is super like tense, and I love that. Overall, though, I I'm I'm with Niall actually. I don't think I'd watch that one again. Oof. I just didn't really enjoy it. I just, <laughs> that's fine. I, here's my reasoning. Um, <laughs> Please. The, I don't. You don't like generally Nazis. with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, I don't like movies about Nazis. Um, I think Quentin that's a fair Tarantino, reason. <laughs> I think that I think that Quentin Tarantino, um, a lot of the time, favors shocking the audience over actually writing a good story. Hmm. Um, and for example, the end of Inglorious when they catch the guy and they carve a swastika into his forehead, and you're yeah. just kind of like. And it's like like supposed to be a joke, even like kind of funny. Yeah. And you're like, this is just upsetting <laughs> yeah. and not. I can actually. Good, I agree know? with yeah. that. Yeah. It's it's. I feel like it's Quentin Tarantino trying to be like, look at how twisted I am. Yeah. And and yeah. I just I don't like it. And I think he does it in all probably all of his movies. I don't know because I haven't seen them. But <laughs> um, I I just really don't like it. Yeah, and like. He definitely does stuff like that in all of his stuff. I never, I mean, I'm at the point where I should not be, where I'm just pretty numb to that type of stuff. Yeah, no, and that's fair. And so, like, I watch it, and I'm, it's not really, like, disturbing to me. And right. I think, like, his, he's, he's extremely violent and extremely profane um, in his language, um, but it kind of just, like, goes over my head. It's, like, kind of the part of the process. Like, the violence, especially in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there's one scene in particular that's just uber-violent, but it's very, like, satisfying for me to watch, at least. It's just very... Because it's not, like, look I at... admit it, Lucas, you like the feet stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I mean, the, the three big rules of Quentin Tarantino being feet, violence, and profanity, all of which I love... <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gross. That makes sense. Yeah. Not really. So um, let me just clarify. I do not love feet. In fact, I hate feet. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Now, <laughs> I think taking the complete opposite is a little 
is just as telling. So yeah. Okay, so maybe I'm just tepid on feet. I don't really care to be honest. I just said I hate them just to steer people away from my secret under, underknown fun fetish. <laughs> uh, hey, this All is right, a good time to on. shout out Niall's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom, I am sorry. This was this is this yeah. is Jared Lucas. This is not me. <laughs> sorry about that too. <laughs> hey, I never brought up the feet. I, I, Lucas brought it up to me. Lucas begin is with. pretty much focused on the feet thing. Jared is hey, the one you who brought it up. You into this. True. <laughs> uh, but I think it's important to timing know. Thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, moving on to my favorite. I, I agree with Niall. I think when Quentin Tarantino does violence, it either works for me or it doesn't. Uh, sometimes, like in Inglorious Bastards, when they're like joking and scalping people, it just felt <laughs> like these two different tones that really didn't mesh well with me, with me, you know? Um, but there is a movie that is very violent that um, just gets it so right. And everyone who dies or whatever, you're just like, heck yeah. Um, and that's Django Unchained, mm. which is my favorite of his mm. movies that I've seen. It is like my Red Dead Redemption fantasy movie of like <laughs> cowboys running around, blowing up like the KKK, shooting people down. Like, I don't know. It's it's one of those movies that is, it seems like a, a fan, like a... Rom- romance romanticized I guess version yeah. of this wild west mm-hmm. setting and it's very over the top and like a little cartoonish I guess in ways but it's just the acting is so well done and the writing is great too you have Jamie Foxx as Django and then Christoph Waltz as like his mentor basically throughout it and their relationship is so good and just so well written and like given that I'm not the biggest Tarantino fan, this is like one of the best movies I've seen in the last year. So yeah. now definitely check that one out. All right. Okay. I yeah, feel like I have a feeling that that'll be one of the ones that I'll like more. Yeah. It just does violence. Right. And then he plays around with the soundtrack a lot. And so it's like, like this hip hop rooted soundtrack. Oh, in the West, and it just it it just works really well for some reason. Yeah, you know? I like that one really, a lot as really well. good. <coughs> I'll give it a try. <laughs> like I said, of giving it a try. <laughs> Feet. <laughs> <laughs> what is our first? What's our, what's our first question? Can we move past this page? Yeah, let's that get was into this. a very the... good segue. Yeah, the king Thank of segues. From Jared, king Luke, of the segues. Jared, as always. <laughs> Lucas, give us your question, man. Okay, so my question is, because Inglorious Bastards, like I was saying a little bit earlier, takes a historical event and changes it so that it ends better than how it actually occurred, um, and he does the same thing with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, what is a historical event that you would like to see him make a movie of where he takes the actual event and changes it so that it has a better outcome than what actually happened? Who's first to answer? Is it I me? think it's me. I think it's me, but I chose an event that has like 
If you'd like, I could go first also. No. Yeah, I wasn't thinking of the tragedy part of the event. I can go. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I would like to see him uh, make a movie about the boat clogging the Suez Canal. Kind of almost a Captain Phillips style, ah, um, very contained okay. setting. Um, maybe kind of handle some weird <laughs> outside moments that feel disconnected about like the meme community taking it on or whatever. I think he could do it. <laughs> the actual yeah. historical event that I would like to see um, is the French Dude. Revolution. Ah. Oh, and interesting. I think right. that it's, thinking about it, it's one of the one of the settings in history where I feel like his just insane lust for violence would not feel out of place. <laughs> it would just work, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that he could do kind of a cool story about the French Revolution. What Maybe what happened if the French Revolution actually did lead them to a stable democracy instead of just letting uh, Napoleon get in charge, you know, and taking it back over. Yeah. So I yeah. think that it could kind of be interesting. Definitely. That actually really would be interesting. That's a good answer, actually. That would be very <sighs> cool. All right, my answer, I guess. Um, I was also thinking something contained and something kind of out there that could be fun. Uh, and by out there, I, of course, mean in space. Um, Tarantino's going to space, ladies and gentlemen. Um, one, I, and I, I think the most famous space mission that like went poorly is the Challenger. Um, and so having him cover that could be really interesting. Like, and I don't know how he would take it as if like maybe the Challenger got out of orbit, you know, like had a successful mission maybe, or I don't know. He could follow the crew. He could follow the people down at the NASA station. It could be taken a lot of different ways, but that is a very famous event, which checks a box box. It, uh, you know, ends in disaster and it has like probably some pretty good drama behind it that like, uh, yeah. That is unknown to the general public. I'd imagine public. there is. Yeah. So, and I don't think... I mean, I've never seen a movie about it. There might be some I, I haven't even yeah, I haven't. heard of anything. So. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he did go. with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood <laughs> was take the Manson murders, which I feel like most people don't really know about. They've probably yeah. maybe heard of Charles Manson. Yeah. Um, right. And then it was like 50 years after it had happened. And then he like kind of... I like the way that he did that as well because Charles Manson isn't actually in the movie. Um, it's just the weird cult and, you know, their weird barn, like, desert area in the middle of nowhere. And it just kind of shows, like, the effects of him as a weirdo um, and the events leading up to what would have been, you know, the disaster. Um, and so it, it, it was good. I liked it a lot, actually. I was surprised um, with kind of what he did. That, I feel like, is the least Tarantino movie. Um, and I feel like the most Tarantino movie is probably... Um, probably Hateful Eight, honestly. As far hey. as the most violent and the most just, like, zoomy and, like, profane and, like, ooh, here's all this stuff happening yeah. out in the West. Like, I feel like that... the The Western was just, like the exact type of genre that, that would be indicative of his kind of style. 
Um, and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is the one that he made right after that, is very different. It's much more narratively driven and way more character. Well, I would say more character driven than narratively driven because it's just about the Margot Robbie character, the Brad Pitt character, and the Leo character. And those are basically the core characters. It doesn't really stray from them very much. Um, mm -hmm. But it was interesting. It was a good story. I enjoyed it. Um, and so my answer with that is it would be interesting to see what he would do with the JFK assassination because there's a lot okay. of conspiracy already surrounding that. And yeah, obviously true. it's a very you know, violent event that occurred and there's a lot of speculation as to what exactly happened. And it would be cool to see just what he would do like covering JFK and Lee Harvey Oswald and whoever else was involved. I mean, he could just come up with his own story and say like, yeah, this is who did it, quote unquote, and just say, yeah, what, whatever, or prevent it from happening. It would just be interesting to see how he would do that um, as a historical event. So, yeah, that would be really interesting. Is that when, when did you say uh, once upon a time in Hollywood took place? Like the time period? Um, the 70s, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So the actual okay. event was in the 70s. Okay. Whatever 50 years before 2019 was. Quick 19... maths. 79? <laughs> 1969? Yeah. Probably. 19 I, minus I, 50. I, I don't know why I'm so bad with mental math, <laughs> but I am. 19 <laughs> minus 50 is... 69? I'm pretty sure right. it's 69. Look, just yeah. add one. <laughs> and so it's 20 years before. It's 69. 20, yeah, 69. 2020. Yeah. And then subtract one later. So. You the Manson murders are extremely though. interesting, though. The actual events are very tragic, but also very interesting. Um, I read a book and listened to a podcast about them a few years ago, and it's crazy. Yeah. The movie doesn't really go over what actually happened at all, but the actual events are extremely interesting dang yeah i think honestly i would watch any of those movies yeah me too now would French you watch revolution them? i think would be cool <laughs> especially yeah i think that would be fun i think it's it's far enough in the past that people wouldn't be upset about it being dealt with in a very tasteless way which you can count on quentin tarantino to do but I'm excited for Niall to choose a topic just so I can like <laughs> just talk Listen. horribly about it. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I think this is a great topic. I just I have these opinions and I will have them known. No, That's it's okay. Fine. I've I've been on the I've been on your end of multiple. That's true episodes so far so that's true so yeah we're, we're you, you have totally kind good. of been the the opposition a lot of times <laughs> in this podcast <laughs> yeah. it's just because we keep choosing topics uh, of stuff that you don't like no, um, no, that's okay hey. <laughs> that's okay it's how it works let's go to your question is it my turn to do a question yeah what would you okay. like to talk about um, <laughs> so here's a here's a fact that i think some people might not know but for a good while, Quentin Tarantino was attached to direct a Star Trek movie. Um, he was going to make a rated R Star Ooh. Trek movie, and it was going to be weird. Um, like, imagine that. It just seems strange and incorrect to me. But mm -hmm. 
for what I would say obvious reasons, it was canceled and it's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> that would be so bad. Um, but, yeah, I agree. That is one uh, thing that I would not have yeah. cared to have seen. Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. Yeah. But it got me it's, to thinking yeah. if Quentin Tarantino were to take an already existing property and make a movie, what would you guys choose? Like, what would you like to see him t- make his own spin of? Yeah, it's it's difficult because of how niche, you know, Quentin Tarantino is as a director, you know? And so thinking about him making a Harry Potter or, you know, something like that, like, you just can't see it, right? He And he doesn't make movies for really anybody but himself. Right. And so he's always really been in control of the the outcome. So it's like, I totally understand why he wasn't able to make a Star Trek movie. Yeah. I don't even know why that was almost a thing in the first place. So (laughs) weird. So odd. Uh, and so mine is going to be maybe a hot take. Oh, I feel like all of ours will probably be of just like ones that you don't want Quentin Tarantino to touch, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but I'm going to do one that's already like pretty violent, pretty bloody but also just really fun and bringing that like kind of cartoony quirkiness that he has into his films um i think would actually be very beneficial uh and that's the john wick franchise oh okay throw throw tarantino john wick four i'd love to see what he does with it i mean the john wick movies are awesome yeah (laughs) they're just pointless kind of violence just for violence sake oh and they're perfect and they're just fantastic for what they are. So, you know, if he adds some quick zooms, a little more blood, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's some fine. Swords. And the, the, some studio, swords. the studio's already yeah. making uh, John Wick 4 without the supervision of the original creator. And the original creator's kind of upset about it, but I'm thinking... While, hey, they, while you, they're looking for someone... Yeah, Tarantino, maybe he's what the do you need a vision? Give it to Tarantino and uh, he'll... <laughs> put make a, his, he'll put a lot of dialogue a, in it <laughs> he will that's the only thing that like is holding me back from saying it'd be like yeah. good <laughs> it's because tarantino is really good with dialogue a lot of the time yeah right uh making very realistic but also like absurd dialogue and conversations yeah and so that's something like john wick doesn't really talk to people right. <laughs> he just shows up and he's he like kind of i'm the them. boogeyman you know <laughs> <laughs> just murders everybody <laughs> so yeah like that's that's my answer uh cool. good answer nice yeah. i um we've talked about this laddie before but i would say as far as just something a, a franchise that needs just a little bit of a boost that i think would be Interesting to see Quentin Tarantino take on, especially since the current actor portraying the character is moving on soon, would be James Bond. Oh, um, wow. I think something mm. in the spy-type franchise, interesting. in the spy genre in that franchise, <laughs> would be very interesting to see how he pulled it off. Because okay. they kind of already are campy, and sometimes they do have like the zoom-in cuts for no reason and stuff. Right. And so it'd be cool mm-hmm. to see him kind of mess around in this world where... He does have a lot of dialogue. I think if you were to make James Bond a more compelling character other than grunting shoot boy, it could be... <laughs> grunting debonair shoot boy. Yeah. I don't know that he would have to take on a whole you know, few movies, but it would be definitely interesting to see him make one because 
it's violence, you know, there's guns and chases and whatever yeah. else, girls. Yeah. I think he would be... <laughs> yeah, I can see the I can see the poster right now. James Bond in Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> Doctor <Bond>. Feet. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Feet. Oh, I thought we were past it. We were we were doing so well. See, it would have feet. to be. I don't know. It would have, yeah, it would have <laughs> to be something that idolizes the foot, not villainizes it. So, um, then you I, got I think feet. I think I would throw him Kingsman before I would throw him James Bond. Hmm. I don't know, but just the because Kingsman, Kingsman and James I feel Bond like is sillier. Like, yeah, definitely. It's definitely sillier. Mm-hmm. But James Bond is just more bad, I would say. It needs yeah. more something to get it going again. Current James Bond. I don't know. Bond, Kingsman 2 we'll, wasn't we'll great. But yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen Kingsman 2. So. Kingsman 2 I wasn't liked great. It. <laughs> Hot take, I liked it. Um, I haven't seen it. Only the first one. We're always at odds. <laughs> My answer, we are, aren't we? We can never agree. <laughs> My answer Except is... at least we can agree that Jared Leto is the best Joker. Well, at yeah, least that. Yeah, that's something we at can all that. get behind. Um, My answer is... I don't know how much this counts, especially because they're already remaking this kind of a little bit, but I would give Quentin Tarantino a Suicide Squad movie. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I think sure. that it just kind I'm... of perfectly fits his style of like yeah. oh, a yeah. lot of very defined characters interacting with each other. And, you know, I, I think it would be fun to see what he would do with some real like superpower superpowers, you know, yeah, and just kind of see how he would play around with that. The James Gunn um, Suicide Squad trailer came out yesterday or maybe the day before, and it looks yes. wonderful. I think it looks great. And James James Gunn, I feel like, is the is the tamer Quentin Tarantino. Like he kind of has a lot of the same <laughs> capabilities, you, but does yeah, it you in can a much a, more accessible way. Yeah, you can put a sure. James Gunn movie on Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You couldn't put a Tarantino one on and, Disney Plus. But I, I do think that. Quentin Tarantino would just have a field day with the Suicide Squad, and he would make it insane and crazy, and I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. For sure. Yeah, I think that's my, my favorite answer of the three, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be <laughs> also, it's, it's also a property I, like, don't care about at all. Yeah. Right. Right? Like, I didn't read the comics. Yeah, you I, don't, like... The first movie wasn't good. Who so cares if it gets screwed I, I really... Yeah. Exactly. I really, that's why I'm excited <laughs> for this one. It would be... Like, the new one that's coming out, it's just, like, James Gunn took a property that no one had heard of or cared about, Guardians of the Galaxy, and now mm-hmm. everyone knows who Star-Lord is and Drax and Gamora. Yeah. And so it's, like, I think it'll be cool to see him make this one because it's a team of people that no one cares about or has seen, yeah. and he's just going to kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, he's going to actually I make it a Suicide Squad because <laughs> the whole idea behind the Suicide Squad is that they're expendable. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, here's 30 heroes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to kill Main all characters, of them. <laughs> and we're going to just blow them up or get them eat, have I, them eat or whatever. One of the things that I am excited about, it's like what you said. With Guardians of the Galaxy, he took a team of people that no one knew, and he made them cool. And now with the Suicide Squad, he's taking a property that people, like, actively hate. And he's, <laughs> he's going to make a movie. And I'm just, I'm so excited to see yeah. what happens. For sure. Oh man, it'll be fun. Yeah, well, let's all go see that one together. Yeah. Okay. The I'm down. Suicide Squad. The five Suicide months. Squad. Four or five <laughs> it's months. All, it's it's in like my that. it's in my calendar right now. August sixth. Um, 
Okay, I'm going to bring us home. Uh, we're going to go back into a little more specifics about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, less hypothetical, what movies he should make. Go back to the ones he has. Um, and like I was talking about Inglorious Bastards, is with Tarantino movies, they're long, and there's a lot that happens in some like long conversation sequences, but there are always these moments and these scenes that really just are are unforgettable. Like, there are moments in these movies that you just, like, can't get over, right? Like, they make the movie. Uh, and so I was going to ask you guys, what is your favorite scene in the Quentin Tarantino movie? Because I feel like this is a little more telling of, I don't know, the quality than, like, the full movie. Does that yeah. make sense? Because no, if it's, sure. like, two hours or two hours plus, it's hard to, like, have... A masterpiece with all this dialogue and stuff like you, you make a great movie but those scenes I just want to hear them. I want to hear what yeah. you guys think well I think <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna go real quick on this one I think that it's like you said even though I'm not a good I'm not a Tarantino fan I can't deny his ability to make a wonderful moment in a movie and just like the these little pieces there's at least one in Basically, like I've seen a lot of scenes from a lot of Tarantino movies, and they're impressive. You know, like he yeah. he's got some real some real chops. Um, mine, my favorite scene, and of course this is going to come from Pulp Fiction because I don't have a lot to draw from. But um, <laughs> you're good. Has a lot of good ones. The the ending diner scene mm, where yeah. they yeah. he finally comes back to that to the robbery in the restaurant. And um, Samuel L. Jackson's character just kind of, like, sits him down and just talks to him. And Samuel yeah, L. Jackson's yeah. character does have a, a pretty interesting arc through that movie, even though it's just, like, one day of his life. But it's, it's cool to see him, like, okay, he's witnessed this miracle and he doesn't want to be a gangster anymore but he's still kind of, like, got that as part of who he is, you know? And mm -hmm. so that whole conversation that he has with him and interpreting the Ezekiel verse in a bunch yeah. of different ways, like, it's it's a really, really cool scene. It's a wonderful monologue, and I think that it's... That was the point in the movie, and I... I like, because the whole movie I was kind of not enjoying it until that <laughs> scene, and I was like, that made me... That made me enjoy pretty much everything that happened before that point much more um, because it's a great yep. scene and it's a good conclusion to the movie. Yeah. Um, With like the run, briefcase that's shiny. Yeah, the, the like, briefcase, yeah, like it's just wonderful. <laughs> Passing it around. Yeah, it's, um, it's fun, I man. also, runner up <laughs> is uh, the scene in the 50s musician's diner where oh, yeah. where Buddy Holly is played by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: I didn't know if people knew about this. I didn't know about it. I didn't know. About I it. watched the scene, didn't recognize it, and then the credits rolled and it said Steve Buscemi, Buddy Holly, and I was like, "What?" And I scrolled back and it's him. He has that's, like that's... one line that is, "What can I get you?" Because he's yeah. just a server. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's um, like. Uh... <laughs> When we watched the, the the one about the room, what's that one called? Disaster, uh, disaster, disaster artist. artist. 
Yeah. We, and uh, <laughs> we found like out Zac Efron end. is in the movie. Zac in the is movie. In it. <laughs> Niall and I watched it together, and there's a scene where the <laughs> Zac Efron's in it, and he's just like this terrifying guy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's, he's like a, he's like a punk who's supposed to beat him up, right? Yeah, and yeah. he's got like this beanie on, and he's just like so scary and just full of like it's just screaming. Yeah, <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, they're watching the premiere of the room, <laughs> and Zac Efron's there, and we're like, wait, was he in this? Zac Efron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, those are fun. <laughs> yeah, that's good cameos. to see. Surprising cameos. I think my favorite surprising cameo was Matt Damon in Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, dude. That was awesome. <laughs> that Matt was Damon great... and Sam Neill. Like, yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of people in that scene. Yeah. The They're other the, Hemsworth. The other Hemsworths. The theater. The theater production of Thor yeah. The Dark World that is five minutes long and better than the whole Dark World movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so funny. Uh, my, my favorite, I think, would actually be brad pitt in deadpool 2 oh yeah oh, yeah that's a <laughs> yeah. solid one it is literally like a second yeah it's like a still <laughs> and you image. just sit there and you're just like was that brad pitt <laughs> and as i understand it he was just like filming a different movie like near the lot and he like kind of popped over and they were like hey will you do this for us real quick yeah and he was like sure yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. it was like not a planned thing they just <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, man, cameos. We should do a cameo episode. We should episode. do a cameo yeah, episode. Really. Or at least now a cameo question. we've said all of our answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too, we already just pre-gamed ourselves. Yeah, we just pre-gamed that cameo episode hard. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well, um, Lucas. But for me, for there it. are a lot of really good Quentin Tarantino scenes. And honestly, I it's been a few years since I've seen Pulp Fiction, so I need to rewatch it. I remember watching a movie like that and a movie like The Dark Knight there are so many lines that are so frequently quoted in that that you don't realize they've just kind of become a part of like English vernacular. It's just like, like the Royale with cheese in Pulp Fiction and the live long enough to see yourself become the villain in Dark Knight. You just kind of don't really realize that that stuff (laughs) is from those movies. Um, And so Pulp Fiction, I think has the best quotable scenes and stuff like that. And I don't know that I have, like, one favorite. I would have to really go back and look through a lot of them. But one of my favorites is definitely the end fight scene in Kill Bill Volume 1 um, with all of the ninjas. <laughs> yeah. And it's just yeah. her versus, like, 80, I think, is the number. 80 Something dudes like that, yeah. with swords. And it's like, yeah. if any of them had a gun, like, it would have been over. <laughs> but I love that he just, like, disregards that and just goes all in and it's just super violent and stylistic it's disgusting and it's really cool <laughs> she's just delimbing and decapitating people left and right and i really like the lighting and the coloring there's a lot of blue and yellow in that whole movie and especially at that last scene and then mm-hmm. when she fights the um the main antagonist lady at the very end that yeah. scene in the snow is also really cool um, so I like that scene a lot. It's super long, super unnecessary, but that's just so <laughs> indicative of what Quentin Tarantino does. Um, another one that I like. <gasps> no, just super violent <laughs> and stylistically, just stylistic and visually. I think that's more telling no of what this reason. this podcast is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's em. long and unnecessary. Very true. 
Um, and then another one that I really like was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There is a scene at the end that is extremely violent with Brad Pitt and um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I won't go into it since you guys haven't seen it and since other people probably haven't seen it. But I think that was a very good scene. Again, All violence. All right, great. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's what I'll leave you with. Good and violent. Sure. Dang. Bloody. Violent scene towards the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'll keep my that's eye a, out for it. Yeah, really it's good. the very end. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, you you really sold it. I gotta, I'm gonna have to watch <laughs> yeah, Once it's Upon a, a Time yeah. in Hollywood right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right after we finish, you're gonna go pop in that three-hour movie. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think... Like I said earlier, Django is is probably my favorite movie that I've seen by him. But just after Django, like honestly, it's hard to say which one for sure is my favorite. Uh, is is Reservoir Dogs, and this is not one that really gets talked about a whole lot. But I know I've talked to Niall a lot about it. Yeah, Lucas <laughs> might die by the end of this episode. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, so. sorry, I just choked on some water. <laughs> Struggling on water. <laughs> See, it, I haven't choked once on this Sprite. <laughs> I know. Bro, water is just too spicy for me. <laughs> yeah, don't drink Sprite then. <laughs> um, but Reservoir Dogs is a heist film that doesn't show you the heist. It just shows you the aftermath of it once it mm-hmm. goes very poorly. And it's like a group of... Individuals. Uh, like eight Rag or so. Tag. Yeah, eight or so people who one of them is a uh, a cop, right? An undercover mm-hmm. cop. And they're trying to kind of figure out what happened, what went wrong. And most of the movie takes place in a warehouse, right? None of them know each other's names. They just go by, like, Mr. Orange, you know? Mr. F. <laughs> Mr. F. <laughs> That's a... Arrested development. Arrested development reference to our listeners who don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um... But anyway, there's there's a scene, and it's one of my favorite like music scenes also, or the incorporation of music in a scene, where uh, one of the members of this group is interrogating the uh, another member, and th- this other guy is tied up, and it's a torture scene basically, mm-hmm. but it's set to the song "Stuck in the Middle with You." Yeah, right. Oh, nice. Very happy, like he's just listening to the radio, dancing around, uh, and the guy is just like screaming like he's dumping gasoline on him and it's just such this like really well done scene it's all in one take i believe too because then it follows the guy out to his car as he grabs the gasoline and he comes back and then he starts you know whew, and it's it's it was my favorite part of that whole movie and it's like it still sticks with me i'm like yeah what a what a good scene uh obviously the topic is not the best but it's very it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what you're getting you know? yourself into. Yeah. And so I yeah, I I really appreciate um Reservoir Dogs because he made that on basically a 0 dollar budget. And like when you yeah. really <clears throat> when you watch it, you kind of realize there's no big stunts, there's no big spectacles. Really probably the thing that he spent the most on was the acting and the music. Um yeah. because like there's some blood like there's some, like the, that's the extent of the special effects is like blood on their suits, and it takes place yeah. in only a couple places, like in this warehouse or like in a car and like a couple apartments. 
So it's really cool the story he's able to tell and how much he's able to pull out of a movie that he spent so little on but obviously dedicated a lot to. And I think that I appreciate a lot and it's cool because he went from that to Pulp Fiction which obviously was a big step up as far as budget goes. And since then he's had a lot of money to be able to make whatever the heck he wants. But I really like how that was his beginning. <clears throat> how he started off with that and then was able to kind of build his way up from there. But it's a really cool, like when you keep that in mind as you're watching Reservoir Dogs, it makes you appreciate a lot more. Because <clears throat> he's in it as well. And it's like, I don't know how much he's in it to, you know, cast himself versus like not having to pay another actor. Um, right. Because he's not in it that much, but it, it's cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff in that movie that um, kind of helped jumpstart his career. Yeah, I definitely would recommend it. Yeah, it's extreme. Um, that that is probably the most profane. Maybe Pulp Fiction has more f bombs, but there are a lot of swearing. There's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of violence. <laughs> That's so like if, all of if, if either of those, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so if, if honestly, you if you don't like swearing or violence, then you would not like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, honestly, a lot of the violence is pretty satirical, though. Wait, what if you like feet? If you like feet, then you will love Quentin Tarantino. Can we move past and Quentin Tarantino will love you. <laughs> that's where I'm trying to end. Uh, I think I, that's all the questions I, we've got. Oh, I have one something? more thing to add. I'm just yeah. remembering this now. After Lucas mentioned that he's in Reservoir Dogs, um, it reminded me how... Um, unfortunate looking of a person he is <laughs> and then it reminded yeah. me of a time in high school where somebody told me and i think i'm pretty sure that it was a joke but it might not have been somebody told me that they thought that i looked like quentin tarantino <laughs> oh, um, man. and i think that might be actually one of like the subconscious reasons that i hate him so much <laughs> Maybe. Honestly, I hate to say it, but now that you mention it, there yeah, is a resemblance. Kind of, uh, like, it's, it's, like, it's not like... It, I wouldn't say you look like him, but I'm like... If wait, I'm forcing myself to think of Quentin Tarantino whoa. with Niall... Yeah. Like, we both have be... eyes and brown hair and foreheads. Like, that doesn't mean that I look for, like him. For everybody listening, uh, if you haven't seen Niall before... <laughs> Just imagine Quentin Tarantino whenever he speaks. But yeah, Quentin Tarantino thanks. as he is now, not as he was when he was Niall's age. Quentin Tarantino current age. Just perpetually sweaty. Always sweaty. Um, with his feet up on the with dash. His feet up if, on the dash. If Tarantino had a beard. Yeah. Yeah. If oh, I had I mean, a beard, I can yeah, like, I was like, I that's generous of what you're calling Niles' facial hair situation. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, yeah. And thank you, Sam's Cheese Crunch Flavored Snack Sticks uh, for the sponsor. Hot. Go ahead and get you some of them flippin' spicy sticks. Minions uh, is the best Despicable Me movie. That's a hot thing. I mean, probably. I don't know. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> you all have a very good night. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>